That's right, it is Capsule FM, your best mix of music. Good morning. You can talk to me on 0701984984 and the Fuse984. As I was telling you earlier, over the weekend, most of us actually, most of the ladies at Capital went out to the streets, took to the streets, and decided to march against femicide. If you don't know, recently in Kenya, it has become an epidemic, and this is a conversation that is necessary for both men and women and children as well. So I wanted to have the woman who's making it all happen, who's actually having these uncomfortable conversations and getting gathering us all together to see what solutions that we can create in Kenya today. And Jerry Migui, thank you so much for joining us in studio. Thank you very much for having me. So now, I actually watched uh, your story on, I think her name is Lynn Googie's um, YouTube channel, and it was so moving. And I was like, wow, you really turned tribulations into triumph, and you're now helping other people, both men and women and children, uh, you know, come out of very stress- stressful situations. I wanted to know from you about your organization and what it's all about. Uh, my organization is called Usikimie. Usikimie is, means do not be silent in Swahili. Usikimie was born out of, interestingly enough, out of femicide that happened in 2019. That is when we, we used to do a lot of work online, but that's when we became an organization and actually actively sought to now end the prevalence of gender-based violence. If you remember, 2019 is a year that Dr. Ivy Wangeshi was killed, and a lot of memes were happening online, Kata Shoka, Cool Affair. That's where those phrases come, came from. And I was like, I think people don't understand inherently how violence works against all of us. And maybe if we could platform an idea and platform how gender-based violence works, maybe people would have a better perspective of it. And here we are five years later. Uh, when we, um, when I follow you, YouTube, um, your Instagram page as well. And when I think about gender-based violence, I don't think, think just one gender. And your page shows that as well. It's young boys as well I've been seeing who may be defiled or are in very tough situations. It's men who are scared to speak up as well. I wanted to bring them into the conversation at the beginning. How do we get men who might be in a domestic violence situation, who might be also being abused, uh, how do we get them to speak up and stand up? Um, there is an exclusive hotline, helpline for men actually, where they can actually call in because if they're worried about shame. Although I will tell you the truth, we do receive a lot of calls from men and we do help men. We don't, they don't, we, our work is yes, our organization is to help women and girls um, and other minorities. However, when men reach out, we do help and we do stand for them and they do reach out. Let's not make a mistake because when we say men cannot speak, that's infantilizing them. And I think that's wrong because every person has a voice. When you're away from the people you are worried will laugh at you or whatever it is a men think will happen to them when they reach out, you can pick up your phone and actually call. And I, I think I would suggest that men are adults. And if you're an adult and you're going through abuse, please reach out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the help is there. And the, right now the climate is of anger and miscommunication, misinformation, and confusion as well. Because um, a lot of people are feeling like it's us versus them and they're not understanding. Maybe we can break down what is femicide. Femicide is the intentional killing of women because of their gender. It's that simple. Um, and what what do I mean by that? And if you look at femicide, all all the killings that are femicide have sexual or intimacy connected to them. We don't just point out somebody was shot and we say that's a femicide. No. Femicide has actual, you will look at it, it's either intimate partners killing you, somebody who you had intimacy with, and things around that. So there are certain markers that turn femicide into what it is. And this is not a gender war. And I would like to reiterate that. Women fighting for their rights to be heard, to not be killed, is not us saying we are fighting men. 
can. We are fighting what is happening to us. It's not the oppression Olympics where uh, who's getting killed better, mm-hmm. you know. Well, um, when we look at rights and when you're fighting for rights, it's like cake. Um, when I say I want a slice of my cake, my face doesn't mean I want yours. It just means I want mine. And women are saying we do not want to be killed. 21 women have died in January so far. That is alarming. And I will put this in the context of, let's say Ebola was ravaging the country. And we say in, 20, in what, 30 days, Ebola has killed 21 people. Do you know the kind of panic that would be in this country? Mm-hmm. Everyone would be so worried. Oh, my God, I'm so worried. What if I catch Ebola? It's the same thing. We have a pandemic right now. And the pandemic is killing women. And we, what we are saying is we need to rein in. As a country, we should be mourning. We should be sad. We are looking at a 60-year-old woman who was killed in Kerenyaga coming from the market. We are looking at a 55-year-old woman coming from church. You know, there's no one way in which these killings are happening. We're looking at a woman killed in a house in Gedurai. We're looking at a girl who went to an Airbnb and she was killed. We are looking at somebody like Rita. We know how many men stand on airbnbs and say those are their houses we're not even talking about that Mm -hmm. how many of us see a picture somebody says oh this is my home come and visit me and then all of a sudden you're killed there and it's turned into women go to airbnbs and they get killed airbnbs do not kill it's murderers that kill Mm -hmm. and right now this morning i'm seeing myself being tagged about this young man who went to deliver carpets and he was killed Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm saying violence intersects so we need to stop saying it's men versus women and say we need to end the violence against women and girls because violence at the end of the day comes for us all. Exactly. And this is why we saw so many men, women, Caucasian, Asians, everybody came out to march. The numbers were, they spoke volumes at the issue that we are currently having. If you do have any questions, please send them my way on the Fuse 984. We're going to be talking about what the government has to say about it in just a bit. Also, what we can do because we're looking for solutions to end femicide. It's the Fuse 984. Myself, Anwar, you can send in your questions on 0701-984-984. Facebook, Instagram and X because we are having a very vital conversation Conversation as to femicide and what happened over the weekend. 10,000 people, around estimated 10,000 to 15,000 people came out to march just in Nairobi alone because we are fed up. Men, women and children. And it was amazing to see uh, the turnout and just to see the camaraderie and to see even the singing and the chanting of stop killing us. And us meaning men and women as well. This is not just affecting women and girls. This is also affecting uh, men as well. But I wanted to know from you, how is this happening? Because I feel like January 1st came and like the murderers came out of the woodworks. Like they just came out of everywhere. Uh, what is going on? I have to also admit to something we really need to talk to, which is the economy, the economy. Um, you look back to the pandemic that was COVID and how badly gender-based violence statistics went up. The murders were happening every other day. And if you look at the economy right now, it's in the dumps, let's be honest. And when we opened our office, over 30 women showed up and all of them were com- had been physically assaulted by their spouses, by their loved ones because of school fees. And I was like, this is how the economy starts working. When the economy goes down, gender-based violence statistics rise. Because we have to talk about femicide being the culmination of gender-based violence. There is no two ways about it. Uh, Femicide occurs not in a vacuum. It occurs because gender-based violence has run away and is unchecked. And what we are seeing right now are the effects of all of that. So January came and the murderers came out of the woodwork. 
as mm. you can clearly see and as you can see the unraveling in the social media which is also insane and the fact that you mentioned the economy uh, it's, it's made me think about that video if you don't know what happened uh, two clowns decided to to really disturb women who were peacefully marching and peacefully protesting and they said basically our value is worth 6,000 shillings and a pizza and if they did not get what they wanted then they would be happy to murder us for 6,000 shillings and a pizza and this is a narrative that quite a few people maybe might not say but they were caught on camera which we are thankful for um how do we have conversations because this this could be any this could be anyone this could be your ride sharing app driver or you know your delivery guy or it could it could just be someone in your office as well who thinks like this as well how do we how do we have these conversations with each other to find these types of people what do we do to protect ourselves First of all, we need a narrative, a, a shift of narrative. I think it's very important for us to shift the narrative. And this starts with the media. I'm actually going to call out the media because they are the ones who have perpetuated the narrative that the girls who were killed, because now it stops being about anybody else, but it focuses that the girls who were killed ate somebody's money which is the narrative that is ongoing, which is a lie. Because I don't see any person having a gun on, on their head and, and being told, give me your money. You know, because that's how it's starting to sound. And it also sounds like people do not want to seek legal redress if any of their money has been taken. And so we need a shift of that narrative. We need to change that narrative. We need trauma-informed, gender-sensitive, survivor-centered reporting on cases of femicide. Mm -hmm. This, um, you want to be the first one with the clicks and, and the views and you start reporting irresponsibly is costing women their lives. It's costing women even just walking peacefully to be accosted. Mm -hmm. Because so many people, when you try to have this conversation or even when you say anything, they'll be like, women are being killed in Airbnbs. It's even stopped being about femicide. So a shift of conversation and a shift of narrative. We need to stop this incel culture that perpetuates hatred against women. Because I feel like a lot of this is the incel culture that has taught men, and unfortunately, to treat women as though they are disposable. Right. You need women. We love men. We give birth to men. We love men and have children with them. We love men and spouse up with them. So the fact, the idea that they are these men, you know, these men that are talking to us in a manner that is so scary, and making this into a gender war because it is not the women. Us calling you out and saying, look, we don't know which man is safe. Can you imagine if you're Uber driver, you and an Uber with a driver, who carries these kinds of views? And then he turns against you and kills you. It's, it becomes scary. You know, it's really, we need to, and I cannot overemphasize, we must change and shift the narrative. From victim blaming to actually talking about the killers. Right. themselves. I don't see anybody talking about the killers. It's always about the victims. It's the pictures of the victims plastered everywhere. It's the stories of the victim plastered everywhere. Where are the killers? When don't we ever talk about them? Right. In just a bit, we're going to be talking all about solution. But real quick, I do want to get back into this narrative conversation um, because there was a young man who was killed as well. I want to make it very clear. Uh, when it comes to feminism, it's the protection of everyone, man, woman and child. You know what I mean? It's, it's not just women against men. Like there is a young man who was unfortunately killed as well. But when you saw the narrative about him, he was an aspiring, he was an up and coming, he was a future leader uh, compared to the young lady who was someone in an Airbnb or someone in her home who had a husband and, you know, they say get married young or, you know, I mean, their solutions are not helpful. Um, how, do, how do we start changing the narrative? Should we start it like by talking to the young boys and girls at the age of 10? How, how do we fix this narrative outside of the media as well? Um, as the government, first of all, 
They need to, to do a robust campaign, a campaign that is very targeted from the villages to the markets, to the skyscrapers, to the city, to the towns, to everywhere from the coast to Turukana. We need to start speaking that no to gender-based violence. You know, um, I remember in the 80s, there was a very, I was a kid, but I was terrified of HIV because there were posters everywhere talking about HIV. It ingrained it in our head. We didn't even know what a condom was, but you knew for sure you needed a condom to have sex. You don't even know what sex is, what a condom is, but you know for sure to avoid HIV because it was in the radios, on the TVs, on, on posters, in healthcare centers, everywhere you'd go in the shops. We need to do the same one for GBV. Mm-hmm. And then you called out the media. I'm calling out the government. That's one. <clears throat> Two. It's very quiet yes. right now. It's yes. very quiet. Very deafening. We, we, the uh, silence. What's happened? It's, it's, the silence is the loudest and I've ever seen it. The few women leaders and the leaders who are talking about it are also victim blaming. Yes. Like, wh- what? Uh, we, need, we, need, we need the government to be on its toes and on top of this. Mm-hmm. The women who have died are citizens of Kenya. They deserve the protection. They pay taxes. They deserve to leave. They should be here. Right. But they're dead. And the government is quiet. 20 people of your population were killed in a month and you're quiet, right? But then again, if you remember the Mackenzie saga, the government has never even officially told us anything. So we have a government that keeps quiet about issues that actually affect their citizenship. And this is not, this is not normal. Mm-hmm. And then for me, the other narrative is in school, we c- not 10. As far as I'm concerned, any person above the age of three should start being taught should be taught that teach our children so that the children can be safe, so that they can know how to identify violence. They need to know. And I have seen in campaigns where you talk to kids and you start telling them and kids actually realize they're in a situation where they're being violated. So we need to start this narrative in school. Mm-hmm. As young as a child can speak, if a child can learn parts of their body, let them learn all parts of their body so that children can be saved, so that children can come up growing and understanding that we are here for each other, you know, that there is no one who is much more special than the other. We need to focus. We need to change this narrative if we are going to save this country. And unfortunately, and I'll keep saying this, the, the acts of violence that we keep on not speaking about, that we're being silent about, coming back to eat us. What we are looking at is the culminations of years of violence, of years of having masculinity Saturday, where, you know, you are taught that, you know, this is how we need to look at women. And we need to shut the incel culture before it creeps in. And I don't even have words. Right. As I said on my social media platform, I saw more prayer and action for rain than I have for femicide. So someone needs to make that make sense. You can send in your questions on the Fuse 984-0701-984-984. So much to cover, so much to do. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Woo! I've even had to cut the song short. Let me tell you behind the scenes, it was hot because I, you know... When you invite men into this conversation, and that's why I keep saying it's so necessary to have men in this conversation. You get to have a different perspective as well. We can move one way. By the way, it is the Fuse 984. It's Anne Mara, and we are talking about femicide and what is happening in Kenya. Uh, not just the violence and uh, the killings of women, but also men as well because they are necessary in such a conversation. And Chico's given me a lot to think about. Uh, but I wanted to get back into talking to you, Jerry. I wanted to know about solutions because after we marched, after tens of thousands of people marched, um, 
five more people were killed. Five more people were murdered. Yes. Um, so five more women. Five more women mm. were murdered. So now what? So now what? Do we, like I'm, I'm. For me, I felt really defeated because we hear the news every day, and God bless Angie, who has to tell us, you know, every single day, someone else, someone else, someone else. Uh, it does kind of feel like, what now? What do we do? Um, the march was to bring into awareness. Um, the march was a tool of awareness to bring into that we are not sitting and just watching as women die. It was to spotlight. Right now, femicide is a mainstream conversation. It wasn't. Right now, you can see that the people who came out to a hut by looking at the environment and what was happening. Behind the scenes, of course, there are people who are preparing documents. You know, the ones that we want to take to the legislature, the ones that we're taking to parliament. What are our demands? What changes do we want to see in the constitution, in our legal framework, in our in even the language that we, we talk and we purpose. It, it, it looks like sometimes the results that you want uh, are not going to be immediate. The thing is we marched. That was important. That was a first step. But what we are doing is we are building the momentum from the march and taking it to the places that needs because the march will not legislate anything. The march will not change the laws. It will not change the police. What we need is a change in narrative. Again, as I said, we're shifting the narrative and we are taking this to the places where it needs to be heard, which is parliament, which is the executive, which is the judiciary. Those places matter. When we say that... Ivy Wangeshi was killed in 2019 and her case was decided in 2023. That is one of the fastest cases we've ever seen. Sharon Abado. Sharon, Sharon Utieno was killed in 2019. In 2024, her case has never been heard, mm-hmm. right? So what are we saying? The fact we embolden, we embolden murderers, we embolden perpetrators when they do not see there is any action that is measured against what they have done, right? So anytime we see and we have these conversations and when we say the the judiciary is failing in having these cases be sluggish and be slow, every time you go to a case, I've had a rape case that's taken five years. The girl was eight, she's 16. She's lived with the trauma of this all that time. And of seeing a perpetrator, and let me tell you the worst thing, especially when it comes to pedophiles, is that they repeat this narrative consistently. Chances of them reoffending are very high. And we see this. So we need to make sure that if I take this case to court, it is prosecuted very, very fast. So we are looking for, one of the things we're asking for is speedy trials. One of the other things we're asking for is gender-sensitive and, and trauma-informed policemen who handle the survivors as they come. How many women tell you, I went to the police station and I'm not going to report again? We need that narrative to change. There are so many things that we want a law that purposely focuses on femicide and looks at how then as a country can we change this. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about the march only. It is what follows up after the march. Mm-hmm. And if they k- continue killing us, we'll go back to the streets again. Mm-hmm. We are not going to sit silent as we are wiped out. And you know, the worst part is that there is a pyramid of violence. You know, the one that starts down there, it talks about the language, the harassment, the bullying, the social media call, name calling and all these things. And it keeps on building up. Do you know what is apex on top of it? Other than femicide, it's femicide then genocide. Mm. That is the apex. So where are we as a country? We are looking at femicide. Mm-hmm. The only thing next to femicide is genocide. This is bad. Mm-hmm. It starts like this. And, you know, for people to other women and to see, like, this is a women problem. Femicide is a women. No. 
it's everybody's problem mm -hmm. because women are part of the population. So it's all everybody's problem. It's a men problem. It's a children's problem. It's a women problem. The women who have died, some of them have left children, grandchildren even. There's a loss. There's a vacuum that can never be filled. That's what happens when femicide happens. We're stealing lives. We're stealing livelihoods. We're stealing, you know, we're stealing people who should be here. Who knows what Rita Waini could have been right. 10 years from now? A Dr. Ivy Wangeshi, a doctor, just went. When you look at somebody like Bridget, she was a teacher who taught maths and sciences. Stolen. Her life just went just like that. When you look at somebody like Grace Wangari, she was a mom. She left a three-year-old. So, you know, we, st we need to also start humanizing these people. We need to humanize. We're not, we don't just look at them as statistics as another woman is dead. We need to look at these women as people, you know, as people who were accomplished in whatever they did. Mm -hmm. Their greatness is that they existed and they mattered and their names must be remembered. So as a nation, we don't go back to doing this again. Okay, and then I also do want to talk because I I was lucky enough to have some amazing male friends in my life, and they actually joined in the march. But then we've been having conversations about this after, and one of my friends said, "Yeah, you can't teach an old dog new tricks." So um, by that meaning, some of these men in certain generations are frustrated, which is understandable. The economy is tough on everybody, so they they are frustrated. They're stressed out as well. Um, they're and then it seems like. They're not being heard. They're also feeling like they're not being heard. The same way we're screaming and we're coming together to scream and shout, they're feeling like they're too embarrassed to maybe speak out about what's going on in their homes or what's going on in their lives as well and the stresses that are happening. And then they're taking it out on innocent people. Um, how do we... How, I'm just trying to figure out how, we, how can we be less angry so we can actually have a proper conversation and find a proper solution. How do we meet in the middle to have these conversations that are necessary? Because it's not us versus them, it's us versus the murderers. Uh, so how do we get these men to understand, uh, and boys to understand that we need your help more than we are blaming you? Why do they feel they're not being heard? That's where we need to start from. Why do they feel they're not being heard? As a woman who was raised by a man, as a woman who was raised by a single dad, my dad is 70, and when I was explaining this concept to my dad, my dad understood it. He's a man in his 70. He's 70, turned 70, and he was able to grasp it and understand it. And so I do not understand why men say they cannot understand. Um, we have to also allow ourselves the leeway that when you get new information, you change your mind. You know, there has to be an understanding that you can't be rigid in your mental thinking. The world is evolving and you can't be left behind. You know, the thing I love and I love this about being a woman is that you evolve with time. You change, you learn, oh, our skin burns, so we need to wear sunscreen. And you embrace it. See, that's the thing. We, we move. We don't stay stagnant. I need men to stop being stagnant. These are my beliefs and I'm stubbornly going to hold on to them. And I'm not going to change for nothing. We need to change because the world is changing. I mean, there was a time when internet didn't exist. Mm. And if you had told somebody, probably in the 80s, that there was a time you'd have the palm of the world in your, in your hands, they wouldn't have believed you. It would have sounded like, you know, those uh, stories, fairy tales. But here we are with information. You sit holding information in your hands that can revolutionize and change your life. The other thing is we need to platform the voices of good men. Because I do believe that they are good men. 
out there with programs I've heard of uh, of somebody who is teaching young boys and into proper men and um there's so many though there's something that um, there's this church that does it pastor julian or, or somebody and they do these things where are their voices we need the voices of good men to come out strongly to advocate for men so that men can stop expecting that we are going to also labor for for their issues because i'm not a man sometimes when i'm asked to speak on behalf of men when men came and said jerry you're not speaking about men mental fatigue and issues and i'm like i don't know those issues these issues need to have men speak about them because if men already don't see me as somebody worth listening to what makes you think if i start advocating for men they are going to listen to me mm. i need men to actually put in the labor that women do to become better men, better versions of themselves, to become better fathers, to become more present, you know, to be there for other men. The work that women put in to have friendships, to have community is the same work men need to do because they do have community. When they are watching football, I see community. I see men like, hey, I love, you know, I love that man on the, you know, playing football. So men can build community around things they love. So men... Can we stop infantilizing men mm. and behaving as though men don't have the same resources? In fact, they are more resourced than women. Don't have the same capacity to build things because they do. If you have community over football, after football, what do you guys talk about? What do men talk about with their friends? Are they willing to take action? Are you willing to call out your bad friend who beats his wife? Are you willing to say, hey, Manzejo, uh, that's not how we are going to have this topic? What is wrong with that? And why can't we platform the men so that they can drown the insidious voices that keep on advertising violence? It's that simple. We need men to have community. We need men to build themselves. And we need men to speak up because they do have voices. The same voices that come onto our Twitter to, to, to take over. Where are the men who come there and tell them, shut up? Mm -hmm. This is not how you're going to speak to women. I don't see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what happens is we see the trolls, but the men who say, it's not me, I'm a good man. Where are you? Where is your voice? Yes, you came out and matched with that after that. We need to see you being more proactive. We need to see you calling out and saying, look, we are men. These women, we need to protect them. It can be happening on our watch. Look, we need to do better. What is it about us men that we are failing? And how can we be better versions of ourselves? It's that simple. And once we do that, then we can hear each other. Right now, you're talking to a wall. And what happens is that that bounces back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there is no hatred. The funny thing is I don't hate men. Right. I don't. But I have to talk about violence because that is what I see. That is my line of work. And so I'm going to look at it. But I'm also going to ask. And I talk. I take time. I, I sit with men and I'm like, and they're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. And that's simply it. We need to have these conversations more and more frequently. And in a, unfortunately, this is also labor for women. It means I have to sit down in places and tell somebody, look, it's not about Airbnbs. Come on. Mm. Um, if you're going to say it's about Airbnb, out of the 20 women, uh, even the ones who went to the Airbnb, they went there for something. So we can't just be saying this. Look at this A, B, C, D. I sit down and I start, you know, breaking it down. And somebody's like, I never thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. It's that. That's 
to be. The conversation has to be sometimes just so that we are safe. I love the fact that you mentioned, yes, call the people who are closest to you out, men and women. Women, yes. You, even I know some dodgy women, you gotta I say, like, yes, you got, yeah, I'm gonna say, like, you gotta call your people out. That's uh, so the only way this conversation can go forward and being, blaming the victim. Where's that going to get you? What's that going to do? Um, you can keep the conversation going on our social media platforms as well. That is the Fuse 984. Real quick, I do love what your organization does. I'm such a big follower as well because you don't just protect men and women, but you also protect children. And you also do get donations as well. So uh, maybe you can give us your social media platforms so people can know where to donate for education, for school. I know you do school fees. I know uh, for children who've been in domestic violence situations and who've been sexually abused as well, uh, you really do rehabilitate them. So Maybe you can give us your social media platforms and how they can reach out to you. Um, our socials are at Usikimi on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter. We are not on TikTok yet. Um, and then on my social media myself is Njeri Wamegwe. You can also reach out to us on any of those. We do a feeding program. We feed children, a thousand children every day. Um, we have safe houses where uh, people who've gone through issues of domestic violence and they need a safe space to be, uh, get to be there. We also run chamas. Uh, we do a lot of mental health. We have free psychosocial support in our office. We offer free, we have a psychologist, so we offer free counseling. And actually both men and women come. Yeah, so that is something. If you do need help, we are there. Usikimi mm -hmm. means do not be silent. Please, 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 if you're a victim or a survivor of gender-based violence and you need help, there are so many resources for you out here, and we are willing to uh, refer you to the resources that you need. Mm -hmm. yeah. 